0: Hi, I'm Peter Palma, the pastor of Taipei International Church, and I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast today. This program is designed to encourage you to help you grow in your faith and draw you closer to Jesus. May God bless you as you listen. Given us this amazing gift to be able to connect online. And so even though we can't gather physically, we can gather digitally we can still encourage and comfort and build one each uh, build each other up we can still pray for each other and so i want to encourage you to be engaged during this time and why do you want why would you want to be engaged why why does it matter because really you know is it is it just enough to to watch stuff online and and keep going on with your day You know, the the passage that we're looking at today um, is really really interesting. Jesus goes to the temple. He goes to the place of worship, and we're going to see that he judges it. He goes looking for fruit. He goes looking to see that there's true worship, and uh, he doesn't find it, and he judges the temple. And what does that have to do with us? Well, someday we're going to be judged. Someday Jesus is going to evaluate our lives. And, and the good news is that our ultimate judgment is, is yes and amen in Christ because we have the righteousness of Christ. We have a relationship with God. We have salvation through faith, uh, by grace. God has forgiven us because Jesus took the punishment for us on the cross. But Jesus is still going to judge the way we lived our lives. And so we won't get into heaven. We don't get into God's family based on how we how we live. We get into God's family based on grace as a free gift. But we still have a responsibility. And we're going to go through this coronavirus time. And what does God want from us? He wants fruit. He wants fruit in our lives. How do we do that? How do we walk through this? We, we've been talking about walking through it in faith instead of fear. We talked about last week going through this trial, joyfully looking to grow, and today what we want to look at is how do we bear fruit? How do we produce the type of fruit that Jesus wants to see in our lives, and what does that look like? And so this question today is you know, not just how can you make it through the trial, not can, how do I just survive the coronavirus, but how do I live in such a way that my life produces the fruit that God wants to see? And so let's take a look at the scripture. If you have your Bible with you, we're looking at Mark chapter 11, and there are three parts to this story. So it's fig tree, temple, fig tree. And that's what we might call a sandwich, fig tree, temple, fig tree. And just like a regular sandwich, the most important thing is in the middle. And the things on the outside help us to define what's on the inside. And so what's really important in this uh, section of Mark is the temple what happens in the temple, but the fig tree episodes on either side help us to understand what Jesus really wants us to know. And so this story takes place right after Jesus entered into Jerusalem on a donkey. And we celebrate today Palm Sundays, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, fulfilling the messianic prophecy, in the book of Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 it says rejoice greatly Zion shout daughter Jerusalem see your king comes to you uh, righteousness and, and victorious lowly riding on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey now Jesus is fulfilling this prophecy he is coming into Jerusalem as the Messiah but he's not the Messiah that people expect. In Jesus' day, they were expecting liberation from Rome. So they thought the Messiah would be a political king, a military ruler who would overthrow this occupying nation and give them freedom. Well, Jesus is, is coming into Jerusalem to overthrow not Rome, but to overthrow sin. He's going to liberate us from sin. And so he doesn't come on a, a, a mighty horse with an army he comes on a donkey in humility and so mark is is showing us he's coming as a the representative of god to inaugurate his kingdom but he doesn't go to rome to overthrow the power he goes to the temple first night he gets there in the evening he looks around and he goes home the next day he's on his way back to the temple and this is the first fig tree section he sees a fig tree and it has leaves and he goes over looking for something now fig trees typically they bore the the best fruit in the summertime and this is the springtime uh, right around this time march april and it typically it wasn't the season for figs but the the figs before they were ripe they had these these green figs called pagum And they were not as uh, delicious as normal figs, but that you could still eat them. And so the fact that there are leaves on this fig tree, it's a sign of fruit. And Jesus goes to inspect the tree, hoping to find something. But when he arrives, all he finds are leaves. So it appeared fruitful from a distance but on close examination it was barren. And so Jesus curses this fig tree and says may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And this is a little bit startling. This is the only destructive miracle that Jesus does and as the reader we're left wondering why did why did Jesus do this? What it wasn't the fig tree's fault, you know, it's just a tree. Mark is going to teach us something. In the Old Testament, fig trees were prophetic symbols. Over and over again, the prophets in the Old Testament use a fig tree or figs to represent the works and the acts of Israel. And so Mark is cluing us in into this next part of the sandwich as Jesus goes to the temple, that something is going on. And so Jesus goes into the temple. He goes into the temple courts. Now, the, the temple in, in Jesus' day was divided into three courts. It was the outer court, inner court, and the court of the priests. The outer court was where non-Jews could worship. Uh, the inner court, Jewish men and women, could go into their separate courts, but the outer court was for the Gentiles. Uh, these were foreigners who were attracted to the God of Israel and and believed that he was a living God and wanted to worship him. These were converts, and they were not allowed into the inner areas of the temple. In fact, if they crossed the threshold into the next court, they could be killed on the spot. This area was massive. It was about 35 acres, which is uh, about 40,000 ping. So, uh, I don't know how many square meters it, that is, but if you can imagine 40,000 ping or 35 acres, there were columns that were uh, 30 meters or 10 meters high, about 30 feet high. And three men would, would wrap their arms around these columns, and, and it formed a colonnade on the outside. So, you have this massive court. And this is the place where people worship, uh, where Gentiles worship. And Jesus walks in and it says that he began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. So if you can imagine, there's a a, market, a marketplace in the place of worship. The, the temple in Jerusalem had a, sacrificial, a, a system of sacrifices and, and so instead of selling the animals outside they actually moved the animals inside uh, I suppose for convenience sake. Uh, they also had money changers because every Jewish male adult was required to pay a temple tax and you had to pay this tax in the temple currency. You couldn't pay it with Roman currency and so you had to change your money. And so here they are. There are people buying and selling animals, people changing money. And instead of being a place of worship, it's like a bazaar. It's like a marketplace. It's like a night market almost. And Jesus starts turning over tables and driving people out. And I imagine this must have been so uh, terrifying because of the moral and spiritual authority that Jesus had I imagine uh, people were terrified nobody stopped him and he's doing this and and why why does he do this well he says this it is it not written my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you have made it a den of robbers now the leaders of the temple the chief priests, heard this and it says they looked for a way to kill him Uh, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. And Jesus leaves and goes out of the city. Okay, so that's part two. So part one, the fig tree has no fruit. Part two, Jesus goes into the temple and he's angry at what he sees. He drives people out and says, hey, look, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you've made it a hideout for robbers. And then here's the part three of the sandwich. The next morning they're walking back to the temple and they see the fig tree withered from the roots. And Peter remembers, he's astonished. He says, look, rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And so Peter's surprised. And then Jesus starts teaching about the prayer of faith. And he says, look, you can do the same thing if you have faith in God, but you can say to this mountain, go be thrown into the sea. And and mountains were considered to be uh, impossible things to move. In fact, the Jews in that day believed that the mountains, the, the roots of the mountains, went down to the core of the earth. And so, if there was something that was humanly impossible to do, you would compare it to a mountain. And yet here Jesus is saying, look, if you have faith, you can move mountains with prayer. God will do the impossible through your prayer. And so this is startling. So we start out with a fig tree that has no fruit. We go to a a temple thrashing and cleansing and Jesus declaring, my house will be called a house of prayer. And then we're back at the fig tree with withered roots, and Jesus is is talking about moving mountains with prayer. What is going on here, and what can we learn? And so the first thing we want to see is Jesus is looking for fruit. Jesus is looking for fruit in your life, and he's looking for fruit in TIC. He wants to see fruit. And as we walk through the coronavirus, he doesn't want you just to survive it. Jesus says, you're the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He wants you to bear fruit during this time, not just make it through. What's the fruit that he wants? We see that he goes in the temple and He he, he, imagine if he came into TIC and overturned our coffee tables and and the welcome table and, and drove us out and And said my house will be called a house of prayer we would be shocked and stunned and so what is that he says that the the leaders had made the temple a den of robbers he's actually quoting from jeremiah 7. jeremiah said those same words you have made uh my house a den of robbers Uh, and he what was going on in jerusalem at that time is people were so wicked they were murdering They were stealing, they were committing adultery, they were oppressing the poor, they were committing idolatry, and so they were doing all these evil things, and then they would come into the temple and sing worship songs and say, we're safe, we're in the temple of God. And God looked at that and he said, look, my house, you've made it into a robber's den, you're doing all these evil things, and then you come in here and you say, we're safe, and you worship me. And in Jeremiah, God says, I am going to destroy this house. I'm going to do what I did at Shiloh. And at Shiloh, the priest allowed the priest to be killed by an enemy army and the tabernacle. The worship was was, um, impacted in such a way that, that God, he just poured out his judgment on his own house. And then in Jeremiah Jeremiah is proclaiming judgment on the house and the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And so here, Jesus is proclaiming judgment on this temple and the fact that he left. he told, He's basically telling the priests and the leaders to repent and make the house a house of prayer. But instead of repenting, they want to kill him and then he leaves. And it's this sign of God's judgment because God expects fruit in his house. Just like Jesus went to the fig tree looking for fruit and only found leaves. The leaves were, you know, activity in the temple. There were a lot of people. There was a lot of money. There were programs. There were leaders. There was a lot of things going on. It appeared to be a fruitful place, but it was barren. And this is a warning to us that at TIC, we can have a lot of programs We can have great food we can have a lot of people we can have a lot of money coming in but we could still not be bearing fruit for jesus and so it's something as even though jesus is talking about the temple we want to take it as a warning for tic god expects fruit from our church so well then the the question is okay well what kind of fruit does he want well if we look at the other quotation jesus says. Uh, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now this comes from Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. And what Jesus is, is talking about, if we read the whole thing, verses 6 and, and, and 7, is this, this portion of that chapter. God is talking about the foreigners. And it, it says, And the foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord... And minister to him to love the name of the Lord and to be his servant. All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and hold fast to my covenant. And let me let me just get the whole thing here. It's Isaiah chapter 56. All who hold fast to my covenant, these, this is verse seven, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. So here, God is saying, I want my house to be called a house of prayer for all nations. Everyone is accepted, every nation, every people group. I want them to come into my house. And what is prayer? Prayer is communion with God. It's fellowship with God. And so ultimately, what is God's house supposed to be about? It's about drawing near to God. And what does God want? What what is the fruit that he wants? What is the relationship that he wants? Well, we see that those who bind themselves to the Lord. Now, binding yourself to the Lord is wrapping yourself up in God and being completely committed to him it means forsaking idols it, it's not well i'm gonna i'm gonna worship in the temple and i'm gonna worship at church no it, it's letting go of that and, and for some of us that may be a temptation because our family worships at the temple and and we feel like we need to go with them even this weekend is uh, tomb sweeping and and there's the temptation to worship ancestors but what god is looking for is people who bind themselves to him and it's not just idols you know for those of us who don't come from a buddhist background and even those who do it, it's it's not just a different god but it, it can be money it can be fame it can be success our career our relationships our family anything that we put before god is an idol Anything that we love more than God is an idol. And and what the Lord is looking for, the fruit that he's looking for is someone who is committed to him above all other things. And not only committed to him, but minister to him and love the name of the Lord. And so what does that mean, to minister to God? How do you minister to God? Well, we minister to Him by expressing our love to Him, by worshiping Him, by praising His name. And loving the name of the Lord is, is loving everything about His character and who He is. This is not a casual thing. This is your whole life is bound up with God. And you are expressing your love for him, your delight in him, your joy in him from your heart. And so they worship him, they give him thanks, they make sacrifices and they're expressing their love and devotion from the core of who they are. You see, in Jesus' day, and Mark even tells us, Jesus said to the Pharisees, what Isaiah said to you about is true, you honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. You see, you can attend a worship service, you can be in a religious activity, you can join a connect group, and and you can sing the worship songs, but your heart is far from God. God is not looking for karaoke worship. He's looking for worship that comes from your heart. And then it it says the next thing is, and to be his servant. The people that God draws close to him, the people that he wants in his temple are those who are committed to serving him. They live for him. And, And the opportunity that we have is to commit our lives. Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. That as we put Jesus first in our life, What that means is it changes our priorities. A servant doesn't get to decide uh, what he's going to do with his day, where he's going to go, how he's going to use his life. The servant is looking to his master for direction. And so Jesus, he he wants people who look at him and say, Jesus, I'm available. My whole life belongs to you. I want to do what you want me to do. I want you to be able to use me. And so we, we see this binding, complete commitment to God, this deep love for God, this commitment to serving God. And it says, All who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and hold fast to my covenant, there is a commitment to obedience and walking in his commands. See, you can show up at church, you can go to the temple and worship, and give money, and offer sacrifices, but not be committed to obedience, not give your heart to Jesus, not want to serve him. And and so these things, showing up, giving money, it is the appearance of fruit. It's the leaves on the fig tree, but the true fruit that God wants is your heart. He wants your love. He, he wants you to serve him and to be committed to obey him, to make him the center of your life, to wrap your life around him. This is what Jesus is looking for. And he doesn't find it in the temple. And the question is, would he find it at TIC? So many things at TIC have been stripped away, haven't they? You know, we don't have coffee. We got to make our own coffee now. and and bring it. We don't have free parking. We don't have an amazing auditorium. We don't have a full worship band. All these things have been stripped away, and what are we left with? Well, right now, it's a a digital community. What we're left with is, is Jesus and our commitment to Him, our desire to be with Him. Because if we love him, even though we can't gather physically, we're going to gather online. And if we love each other, if we want to serve him, we're going to stay connected because it's, it's not just about me wanting to be filled up, but I want God to use me. See, the coronavirus is a, a great opportunity for us to examine the fruit in our lives. And is there fruit or is there just leaves? Is there the appearance of fruit? When the leaves get stripped away, what is left? Jesus is looking for people who are binding themselves to the Lord, who are ministering to the Lord and loving his name, who want to be his servant and are committing themselves to serve him and walking in obedience. And he doesn't find it in the temple. And he judges the temple. And so then we get to the next part, and it's uh, they show up. The fig tree is withered from the roots, And what that indicates is fig tree in in this story is is representing the temple and the temple is withered from the roots. It's not going to be nursed back to health. It is going to be completely rejected. And Jesus, in, in the next chapter, Mark 12, he says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Jesus is the new temple. And so the old temple is being rejected. It's been judged. And now Jesus is here as the new temple. And then Jesus, he talks about faith, which it's a little confusing, but he says that if you have faith in God, you can say to this mountain, go be thrown into the sea and it will obey you. And I, I think for those of us who've been following God for for a while a long season or many seasons we could probably all say man i've had times where god has not answered my prayer and i have not experienced the mountain being moved into the sea is this really true is this something that that jesus actually meant or does it just sound nice and well jesus said it so it is true but what's the condition? The condition is, is faith in God. And, and faith is not just believing in God, but it, it really is living according to God. It, it is being bound up in Him, being committed to obeying Him, to serving Him. So faith is, is not just mental, but it's your way of life. It's your way of doing things. And, and prayer is not just me telling God what I want. Telling God, hey, I want you to, to give me this, protect my family, give me a job, give me the home I want. Lord, solve this problem in my life. Sometimes we limit our prayers to what we want as if God is uh, our servant. who His job in this universe is simply to give me what I desire. And maybe if I pray long enough or hard enough with enough faith, I'll get it. That's not prayer in the kingdom of God. Jesus gives us conditions for prayer in the book of John. And what he's looking for is is he wants us to pray prayers in his name that is according to his character, according to his will. He wants us to pray according to his mission, from a place of obedience. In fact, he, he says in John chapter 15, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you, uh, he who abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And in John 15, he also says, remain in me. Who, and if my words remain in you, you may ask me for anything and I will do it. For by this the Father is glorified that you show yourself to be my disciples. So there's something about discipleship that is revealed. Fruit is revealed through answered prayer. What Jesus is talking about in John 15 is fruit comes from uh, it comes from a, a vine. Unfortunately, I don't have a grapevine in my house, but I have this I have this plant, and I don't know the best way to to put this. Maybe I'll I'll put it off to the side, but. John 5. How do you get fruit? Because if we want fruit for Jesus, if Jesus is looking for fruit, then my question is, man, how do I get it? How do I get this kind of love for his name? How do I get this desire to be a servant? How do I get this desire and ability to obey? How do I actually get that? Well, Jesus says you can get fruit if you remain connected to me. And so these branches, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And uh, this is not a vine, but you can see these green leaves here. And if I, if I pull one of these, these leaves off, right, I, I pull this, this leaf off, before long, it's going to show up like this. And here's the deal. Jesus is saying that if you will remain connected to me, you will bear fruit. So if we want a life that bears fruit, how do we do it? We stay connected to Jesus. And Jesus will bear fruit for us. The problem with the temple is that the leaders of the temple were not connected to God. They were connected to activities. They were connected to themselves. And and so there were a lot of leafy things going on, but there was no fruit because they were not connected to the heart of God. And so we're going through the coronavirus. God is going to be looking for fruit. Jesus is going to be looking for fruit. And what are you going to produce during this time? Well, it really depends on what you connect to and so you know there's a lot of things we can connect to and and one of the things we can connect to is our phone in fact we're probably always connected to our phone always connected to the internet and so here's the thing if if our lives are primarily connected to the internet connected to our phone uh, this is what we're going to look like spiritually we can also connect to money right and and we can seek money and say okay I'm, I'm going to connect to money and my life is going to be about money but the thing is, is, is we're still going to end up dry and not producing spiritual fruit. We can also connect to people. And uh, I've, got, I've got this guy here and connect to friends and, and family and, and say, OK, this is the time where I'm going to connect with my family, uh, which is great. We want to connect with family. But if that's all we're doing, we're going to be dry. Jesus says, connect to me. Let my words remain in you and you will bear much fruit. And see, when we 're connected to Jesus, then we can ask him for prayer. And, and Jesus, this is the amazing thing about prayer is that it's not, it's not that it's difficult. The prayer of faith, how do you pray a prayer of, pray? A prayer of faith, you stay connected to Jesus. Paul writes in Corinthians that as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are transformed. So we just look at Jesus as we see him, as we behold him, as we worship him, as we look at him in scripture, as we stand in awe of who he is. We will be transformed to be like him. The impossible things, the mountains that need to be moved, we can move mountains with our prayers. We can move mountains in the coronavirus. We've been praying for the Taiwanese government to have wisdom, for people to be safe, for people to be healed. And God is giving the government wisdom. And and we're not going to know until heaven how much of what's happened has been because of the prayers we prayed. But let me tell you, the word says that mountains can be moved. Who would have thought that at this point, Taiwan would only have 300 cases? As we look at what's happening in New York and New Jersey, California, Italy, Spain, and yet Taiwan so close to China... Has so few. I'm telling you, prayers move mountains. But what are the prayers we want to be praying? Not just selfish prayers for our own lives, God, give me what I want, but we want to be praying, God, use me as your servant. God, may the people in my sphere of influence come to know Jesus. God, may you do miracles in our church that we could reach Taiwan for the gospel. God, let Taiwan become a church that that goes from 10% Christian to 90% Christian in, in one generation. These are the types of prayers that we would pray if we're connected to Jesus. Because when we're connected to Jesus, his heart flows into our heart. His desires flow into our desires. His mind flows into our mind. Jesus is looking for fruit. In your life. And what is that fruit? It, it, it's a, a deep commitment to Him. It's a, a willingness to serve and obey Him. It flows out of your prayers to Him. That's the fruit that He's looking for. It's worship from your heart. And how do you get that? It's not by showing up at church or showing up online, which these are good things, but it comes from being connected to Jesus. So we are disconnected from a physical place of worship, and our connection to Jesus is being revealed. If we are connected to Jesus, we will bear fruit, because all of his love, all of his life will flow into us, and it will come out. The way to bear fruit for Jesus is not to get really busy doing things offering sacrifices. It is to connect deeply with Him. You have a choice about what what are you going to connect to during this time. How are you going to connect? And I want to tell you that Jesus wants you to come to Him. He wants you to come to Him in the Word. He wants you to come to Him in prayer. He wants you to come to Him in worship. Have you committed yourself to seeking the Lord? There are so many things that you are disconnecting from at this time. You you can't go out and do the things you normally do. You have to stay at home. Are you connecting with Jesus now? If you will do that, you will bear fruit. If you will go to him, you'll walk through the coronavirus, not just surviving, but bearing fruit. And so we connect to Jesus through the word. Do you have a reading plan yet? If you don't have a plan, you can get one from the Bible app. One of the easiest plans you could do is just read a chapter in the gospel a day. You read the chapter, it may take you five minutes, and then spend five minutes thinking about it and just saying, God, you know, there are three questions I like to ask. What does this tell me about God's character? What does this tell me about my character and what I need? How can I change? You read a chapter, you sit before God, and you just ask those questions. What does this tell me about you, God? What does it tell me about my need and how do I need to change? How do I need to respond to this word? If you will do that, God will meet you there. And Jesus, you connect to Jesus in prayer, knowing that he can move mountains. You pray for your family. You pray for this nation. And you worship, you delight in the Lord. And it's so easy. Just get on YouTube and you can Google worship songs. Some of my favorites right now are from Elevation Church and Hillsong and and Bethel. But there are so many others. If you have different styles, if you have a favorite hymn, we can't gather together and sing, but you can sing before the Lord in your house, in your apartment. And so we, we gather through that. Another way we stay connected to Jesus is through the body. You see, Jesus is the head of the church, and the church is his body. And so if, if Jesus is the head, it would be weird for me to say, okay, I only want to be connected to the head, but I don't want to be connected to the body you see jesus will minister to you through the people in tic and you position yourself to be ministered to by joining a discussion group by joining some of the things we're doing online or even just by calling people up you don't have to wait for an official event you can just call someone and say hey do you want to read scripture and pray together how, how can i pray for you you can take leadership in that way and say hey Let's read a chapter together today and let's pray that God would bear fruit in our lives. Let's pray for our families together today. You can take that action. Jesus is looking for fruit in your life and he's looking for fruit at TIC. And if we will connect to Jesus, if we will stay rooted in Jesus, when Jesus comes to TIC to examine us, He will find fruit. Why? Because we have been clinging to him. When Jesus comes and he examines your life to see if there's fruit, you know how he's going to find it. He will find it if you will stay connected to him. During this time, so many things have been stripped away, but Jesus has not. And if we will stay connected to him, we will bear fruit thanks so much for listening. You know, I can't wait until I can see your faces and and not just the back of an iPhone and a camera. I look forward to gathering together in person. The way you can connect is through the podcast. I've had the privilege of uh, interviewing a number of, of wonderful people. And so I would just encourage you to listen to that. This Wednesday, I'm going to be talking with Desmond Mao. He's a a doctor in Singapore and he'll have some great advice for us about how we can keep ourselves physically safe during this time. Uh, The episode with Rory Shiner is coming out Tuesday. But there's so many ways to stay connected. Please, please connect with Jesus and stay connected to the church. Get involved with what we're doing online because we don't want to just survive through the coronavirus we want to grow stronger, we want to love Jesus more, and we want him to find us fruitful. So may God bless you, may he keep you and your family safe, may God fill you with his Holy Spirit, and may you bear fruit during this time. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you were encouraged, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify so others can find our channel. If you have a friend who would be encouraged by this episode, please let them know about it. Share it with them. If you live in the Taipei area and you'd like to join us on a Sunday for service, go to our website, www.taipeichurch.org. And if you're around the world and you'd like to participate in our Sunday service, you can join our live stream on our YouTube channel, Taipei International Church. So whether you live in Taipei, Taiwan, or another nation, may God bless you, may His face shine upon you, and may He give you peace. See you next time.